but I don't think that like you don't have to change any part of who you are because in every dynamic in your life you're the person you are supposed to be I mean there's a reason why I asked you right the people that I've asked are people that in brief moments where I've met them I'm like oh that's someone I want to talk to more so all it is is just for people to be like, oh, I want to hear, I want to hear that person's story and, you know, relate. Oh, to this is so heartwarming. So wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be wholesome. <laughs> you know, it's a fun senior year um, thing to do. And I, I think, it, and also I don't want to put anything on you. You can be, you know, share whatever you're comfortable sharing. But I think the other thing is um, I've tried to seek people that I know are or not that I know, but that I think will be comfortable being vulnerable. Um, wow, thank you. I, like, that's actually been like my mission for myself for the past year. Really? So I, that's actually like a really like nice compliment. That's, like, that's so awesome. How did you come up with that being your mission for this year? I just realized I wasn't being vulnerable with myself. So therefore I couldn't be vulnerable with other people. And I think that once I realized that, I was like, I want to try to genuinely be vulnerable. And I think it's because like, I kind of go on autopilot a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah. very much like a pack your bags, keep it going. You can sort through as you go, but like carry it, keep pushing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I allowed myself to feel, but a lot of things just kind of passed over. Since, since they passed over me, they passed over other people. And once I started like really debunking it and getting into it, I was like, okay, like, Let's see what this is like. And I realized like how much better my relationships got around me. Even like, I didn't know how to establish boundaries. And I think that through vulnerability and like being able to really like mention like why this is the boundary I need to like provide. I don't know, like, I feel like my relationships have gotten better. But long story short, mm -hmm. this past year has literally been like a year of like putting a hand out there and being like, okay, like I've always been the one to like be the first one to run up and help, but I've never been the first one to like didn't put a hand out there and like ask for help ever yeah it's hard that, that just changed yeah I think it just changed my dynamic of like actually the perfect answer to why I started being vulnerable was I realized I hadn't been alone in a long time I okay. didn't let myself sit with the feeling mm -hmm. and since I couldn't sit with the feeling I needed to like because I could talk about like the things that I've been through like literally like a Tuesday afternoon like just nothing but mm -hmm. I never like I realized that a, a lot of times I wouldn't communicate how I felt about it now mm -hmm. to people and I think when I realized that too, I was just like, okay, vulnerability is a very complex thing. I never, yeah. I, remember, I remember it was just, there was a lot of signs that were like, you need to learn to be vulnerable. Okay. Um, like I was I thinking like actually to like be vulnerable about things that had happened in the past that you had already healed from, yeah. but, but it was harder to actually admit vulnerability about things that you were going through. Not even just going through currently. I just think I didn't let myself feel a lot. So then when I, without letting myself feel, I couldn't be vulnerable about how like I was feeling or like acting towards it. Um, I don't know, it's a crazy thing. I think that like the things with vulnerability too, it's like you realize, you don't realize how many other people need the hand too, but no one, everyone's just kind of scared to be like, hey. Oh, absolutely. Can, um, yeah, I think it's been like the, one of the like the hardest things I've because I think also like it was allowing myself to feel because it's easy to go on autopilot and just sitting with it all. I feel like that's like everything I have to say about vulnerability as of right now because it's still kind of something I'm learning. But I definitely am grateful I started to learn. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people could could stand to work on. I admired it in other people. I see it a lot though. I've always seen it around me and I've always admired it. But I think I was just too scared. 
Well, it's funny that you said that. I, I feel like I thought for a really long time that I was really good at being vulnerable um, because I was really able to like discuss openly with people things that I'd been through in high school and middle school mm -hmm. revolving around mental health um, and could completely talk about that. But then mm -hmm. for me, at least, I've been in the process of being more open about how I'm currently feeling about things. Like I realized it was really easy to talk about that, but really hard for me to even say if someone hurt my feelings in the now. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. The way you were hurt in the past isn't like, I feel like it just manifests it in like your the present day self. And like, you already went through that. It's not mm -hmm. like you're talking like the same thing with me. I think again, like on the autopilot, like I could talk about like the mental health that I experienced in high school, honestly, like with my friends too, like just talk about like the ways that I was hurt, like, mm -hmm. Like basically like a lesson learned but a lot of the way that like things that happen like it just affects the way you are even today like just a basic like even small interactions of being able to speak up and be like oh hey like kind of uncomfortable or like not even uncomfortable like just expressing any form of feeling and there's oh, some yeah. Little blocks. oh yeah I'm but if they just don't receive it well no exactly like it's little things like even just it being scared to you know ask someone to you know, not talk in the library on the fifth floor while I'm taking the test. Like I have yeah. a really hard time um, expressing annoyance or anything like that, um, but working on it. All right, so let's backtrack. Let's talk about you and your childhood, your high school life, whatever stands out to you, who made you who you are? Wow. I think actually this phrase has been popping up in my life a lot the journey isn't like linear but it's continuous and I think that there's not one moment that really defined me to be the person that I am I think it was just like a lot of them mm -hmm. I think that seeing everyone seeing people I think there's a word for it I kind of want to look it up because like there's a specific word for it but it's like seeing life in others made me always want to live anyone specifically or just walking through life like Anyone the know. thing is, the funny thing is, I think a lot of small interactions have always been really big ones to me too. That's why, like you've been mentioning that, like this is an important thing. Like, I feel like sometimes I've had people like very few interactions or even like few pivotal moments with certain people that I just didn't even imagine still playing a factor in my life. Um, and they just there's always the right thing that was said, and I needed to learn it in that phase of my life because of like all the people like, like I believe like. My mom is definitely one of my soulmates and just like things like those types of things. So like, I was just trying to figure out life and I was just very confused. And I think growing up, I was always like really self analytical cause I was raised pretty, pretty much alone. Cause my mom moved to Florida when I was really young. And like, we were like basically the only two out there. My mom's like my aunt would lived out there too, but, and I lived with her for a period of time, but like eventually I feel like I saw them less. So it was very much like I was raised with like friends or like very temporary, not like temporary people because friendships can be forever. Yeah. Um, but it felt transient. Exactly. I think moving so much made me really realize that it's like things are temporary mm -hmm. and friendships are temporary. So I think that like there was not one meaningful interaction, but I took a lot of, I'm a big keynote person. Yeah. I have, I'm like, a, it's the little things in the big picture. Like I have a snow globe in my drawer that's come with me on every single move. The only reason it's in my drawer is because it's currently broken on the bottom. I don't want anything to mess it up more. 
And that's like the safest place I could put it. <laughs> you got it originally. Um, my mom got it for me for Easter in the second grade. Oh my gosh. And you've kept it with every move since. Yep. Every move since. That's special. What was, what was it about this, the, the snow globe that made you decide that was, that was the object that you were going to. You know, what's crazy. I think that it was the first, <laughs> not gonna lie. I think I'm okay. So I studied applied psychology and film studies in my undergrad. I don't think I've said it yet. Um, and, but I always like, since I was young, I've always like kind of psychologically analyzed my life, but like, as I get older, I psychologically analyze myself as a child. Mm -hmm. I think in the moment, it's kind of like when you hand a baby an egg and they're careful with it. Mm -hmm. I just saw this as something so delicate and pretty. I wanted to be careful with it. And I just like kind of fixated on it. But I think at the time too, I loved how the snow like landed so softly on the bunny. I hold on to certain objects or little moments so tightly. Like I have a little red backpack that's been on like basically every adventure. Really? Um, okay. Where's the red, what's the background story for that? The background story is I thrifted the original, but she, we got like another one. The original, it's literally the exact same bag. And that's just the one thing I realized about friendship. Again, like little mementos you always keep. I hold on to specific objects. Um, I don't know why, but I think it's getting moving so much. I think I held a lot of permanence in like certain lessons or people or like little things like mm -hmm. the snow globe, um, the little red backpack. It's a corduroy little red backpack. Um, the original one I thrifted. Okay. Um, there, this is the second one that taught me about friendship. My mom accidentally threw it away. No. um this in the beginning of covid yeah and it was like devs i actually i don't cry a lot and i actually cried that's how it touched <laughs> no. and it was because i think the, it was the adventures like you know how like you have like maybe you have a bracelet maybe you have something that what's something that you what's something that you take home take everywhere you go it, always it's been a picture of, of my dog that i grew up with that i got in kindergarten and then my brother on my birthday um my 21st had chloe her name is painted on a little rock mm -hmm. so you're chloe mm -hmm. my you're little red back backpack <laughs> every adventure and the thing is with these bags i wish i could demonstrate to you it can fit everything one time i went to the movies i put two large bottles of like a medium-sized drink a bag of chips and like candy at the bottom mm -hmm. and i fit it in this little red backpack <laughs> i remember doing this and people always being like you're not going to be able to fit that in there and i, I looked at Can them I and i was why are you doubting me? Do you, if, if one thing about me, you should like anyone should know is like, don't ever doubt me. Just gives me motivation to just do it like even more I so. That. What? Tell me more. Okay. So your mom's one of your soulmates. Yes. My mom has taught me about love, support, honestly, and like loving myself first. Mm -hmm. I think that we definitely like, I was raised with like my, like she's a single mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely think I grew up earlier than I should have. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that a lot of ways, my mom taught me how to live life, but she's the, the greatest thing about her is that she taught me to love, laugh, and really just live. Like, don't be so scared. And, and like, the thing is like, I was always like the igniter, which this is, I'm a very bold person. I think I love that my mom made me really bold. Yeah. How did she, I feel did, like we definitely rub off on you? Like she's a very bold person or did she just teach yes. you to be bold? No, she's very, like, I think that my mom kind of throws caution to the wind in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think that's the only reason why I had to grow up so quickly. Someone had to be responsible. Okay. But I always definitely was the igniter of saying like, oh, you want to do it? <laughs> I think we can. I think we just got to think of a plan, but I think we can do it. To put a prime example, my mom, yeah, I remember I one time I came home. I, this is just to prove how like, she was a fun mom. There were some nights where like, I would come home and like, she would be like, you want ice cream for dinner? And I was just like, mom, I think that we should have a, a, like a nutritious meal tonight. Um, and I just remember so many obscure, like, like, <laughs> let's go to the beach today. Like just wake up and like, want to go to the beach today? And I was just like, okay. So was super there was- spontaneous. Super spontaneous. And every, also in our moves too. We always, I, this is my 14th or fifth. I think this is my 15th. No, this is my 14th move. I have to recount just to double check. Wow. Yeah. 14 moves. Okay. Why well, was that like, why did she just want a new place? Was it for work? Well, what was the, the main source of, towards the end? Like when I started going into school was to where, where could I get the best like schooling? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, and then originally she also wanted to make me work with my dad. But she always knew she was going to be a single mom. My name was like, her last name was first. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, middle school was the weirdest years. I think that was the weirdest move. But I also got my dog at that time. And that was the best thing that ever happened. In, like, not child. Yeah, probably the best thing that ever happened in childhood. What was the best thing um, that happened in childhood? Getting a dog. Getting a dog. Like, that was like, I loved having a dog. Mm, what type of dog? She was an American Eskimo. She was actually a miniature. She was like a medium size, like oh, fluff ball. What was her name? And it was Bella. I love dogs. Yeah. So much. I do too. Is Bella still alive? No, nah, she passed away my sophomore year of high school. Okay. So hard. Yeah. No, definitely heartbroken, but yeah. either way, um, she taught me a lot. I'm really grateful. But to the moves thing, it's kind of like, she taught me a lot about like consistent love and like good friendship and like how to like nurture, mm-hmm. how to like, t- she taught me how to take care of myself. And I think that moving around so much, I didn't, I was adapting so much. I was kind of like always learning that I didn't just like learn to just be myself and take care of myself. Um, and I think that when I started spending that time alone very much helped me too. But yeah, I was always kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Cause even coming to BC, my friends, a prime example, third grade, mm-hmm. I went to one school. I went to the same school for fifth grade. Okay. So I made a move away and I went back to the same location okay. like a year later. Like I fourth grade, I moved back to New York. Okay. And um, where, so where were you in third and fifth grade? I was actually in like, like South Florida. Okay. So like Broward County. So above, like right above Miami-Dade, like literally just, I was just the county over, nothing crazy. Um, and my, everyone in the third grade class remembered me for the, for fifth grade, but also I went to the same kindergarten for partial port for a time that I went to the same fourth grade because the school was right across from my aunt's house. So when I would go to school in New York, I went to that school. And they also all remembered me from kindergarten and some people who even remembered me from like preschool. So I was always kind of like, I was always there. When I was young, I think I was a little bit more extroverted than I am now. I think moving around so much made me kind of like retreat a little bit, but yeah. Where do you consider home? not one place. I have homes. Mm-hmm. I think home is wherever the people are. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Where's your mom? Right I, now? She's in Brooklyn. Okay. I think that's why I want to go there so badly post-grad actually. They want oh, is that your plan there. right now to move? 
to Brooklyn? Ideally, that's number. That's 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 plan A. Okay. That makes sense. We got plan B. We got other things, but that's plan yeah. A. Cool. One more thing that you learned from someone special in your life, any of the people, in no particular. How about this? Can I give you five and like one-liners, basically? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I know I spoke a lot about my mom, but honestly, if you ask any questions about anyone else at any point, I could have also done the same thing. I just could talk yeah. about like the people I love forever. Yeah. Um, but Soleil, she taught me, she like, she taught me to always shine. Like her name literally means like, like sun, sun in French. Okay. So she's literally like sunshine. And like, I think that her always shining bright. And like, she was also called always like the different one. So seeing her, like, even, like, with everything she went through and, like, my one-liner for her, she taught me to always shine bright mm -hmm. and never settle, never let anyone dim your light. And the days that you do feel dull, it's okay, you still shine. Um, Becca, which is my other sister, mm -hmm. um, she taught me to, be, like, she gave me a backbone. She taught me to be strong, stand up tall. My grandfather taught me, like, if you work hard and you pay hard, good good efforts always get recognized. Um, my abuela taught me have faith in everything that you do. And again, faith doesn't all like faith is believing when you know it's not even there. Mm -hmm. um, I know I gave a long soliloquy for my mom, but I feel like she only deserves to be put here again. Um, <laughs> love passionately and live boldly. Um, and my brother, this is kind of sad, so, but I like someone always has a better or worse than you. So never like, you know, and you also never know what someone's going through. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I really want to put in this that I feel guilty later on if I didn't. Uncle Richie and Titi Nana, sorry, I have to do it. Oh. <laughs> um, so to define the circle, my immediate family I would consider is like Lifa, which is my brother, Soleil, Rebecca, my mom, mm -hmm. Uncle Richie, Titi Nana. And the Uncle Richie, he was the dad figure. Mm -hmm. Like he's Soleil and Becca's um, dad. He taught me how to ride a bike, taught me how to swim. In the basic sense, he was a dad and father to me. Um, Titi Nana is my godmother. Mm -hmm. They're both my godparents, but um, she very much taught me like she has a saying, everything's perfect. And I think that my optimism definitely, like a lot of it comes from her. Mm -hmm. um, I know Vero would be upset if I didn't mention her, <laughs> but like her relationship is so personal to me. Sometimes I get, like, I don't get weird about, again, like it's learning to be vulnerable, but she's always someone that I'm just like, she's like in the little safe. Um, who, who is that? My cousin. Okay. She, she taught me like, Sometimes you don't have to know that you have a connection with somebody to know you have a connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. I feel like we got like, we always were like best friends. We always got along, but we always like, we were always together. Mm -hmm. And then there was a weird phase again when you were teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the one person who I've always felt seen me in my family. Um, that you always want to feel like people are her one-liner is you always want to make people feel seen and make sure that they they see you for who you are how does she live yeah. that i feel like she's not compromising on any aspect of who she is and like she doesn't care what people think of her or who, like what she is like 
she like at least for me too like I think she's she'll love you as you are and like won't try to change you um and I think that the way she loves to like she's very non-judgmental um and I think in the way our relationship has loved each other she doesn't compromise on like we come from a very religious family um and I feel like a lot of the times like I felt the pressure of like even having hair in my family because there's so many nerve like like there's so many norms and like dressing a certain way like she's very much just her personality she's just like I this is how I feel comfortable like I don't know what to tell you like um and I'm just proud of her yeah yeah and I feel like our relationship was the first conversation like or the first person or conversation she could have actually started being that person with you because she she didn't start opening up like she's only a year younger than us and I feel like she didn't start opening up being herself until she was like 19 and she's like honestly I don't think I, I was honest with myself with people around me until so it's been like two years that she's been like, newer for her that she's me. fully been this is who I am unapologetically yeah That's awesome. yeah she, we she's always and she's but she's always loved me as I was because again I was always weird <laughs> <laughs> how does she make people feel seen just by loving them fully for who they are she's always she'll always she's the one who's always there if you ask her you need a ride from the airport you need anything in your family she's the one who will always do it 10 out of 10 like things would happen around the house she'd help clean up like she's a she was always like the helper she was always there perceptive. um huh perceptive to what's going on around yeah and what other she's one of 12 too so she was like, wow. like one of 12 that I mean wow yeah that's like I, I, sometimes I forget that like again like it's so normal for me that I'm like that's a good note so she's number eight of her family she's number seven wait wow yeah I don't know anybody with with 12 people 12 kids yeah is it all, my, she's like, like my is that half siblings too or is it all seven. like full full one fit one parent one one couple yeah one mother um okay and yeah one mother wow 12 yeah 12 does she like that big family I think that she loves it because again like having a big family have a big family but I think that like it's been interesting because like again we're really really religious like it's not the weirdest thing coming from a big family like my grandmother was one of 16 and maybe that's again for times like that that's more normal but um in the church too like a lot of like family friends for them have at least eight kids okay all right so it's it's more typical it's more normalized okay. yeah some have like five depending on the families but um what denomination new catechumial way okay and what does that it's basically they're basically like they christian catholic super church religious think about anything that's like i don't know i always think about they believe there's a way of life and following the path of Jesus is a way. And like life is, there's a essence of suffering that you have to like learn to like, I don't know, long story short. <laughs> I'm a very okay. And um, is that a part of your life or is that just more? That's really, family? my mother wasn't as, she was definitely Catholic. We were Catholic. I was, I was confirmed. I did everything. I was very Catholic for a while. But I think we both kind of like, I think we broke away from the church, but both equally believe in like, I call the universe God because I think that's the way I was raised, but I don't know. I don't see the white man in the sky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but she was always like, we, there was a point where we were like kind of holiday Catholics. My mom, like, I feel like my mom being, her being a single parent to me 
definitely like, took her out of the church for a while. Um, but I think that she didn't always raise me around God. Um, my grandmother's very religious. So I, when I went to, like, I went to Dominican Republic every summer until I was like, in the seventh grade from like four to like seventh grade. Um, and my widow always took me to mass with her. Does she live in the Dominican Republic? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So do you- My mom just moved back two years ago too. Oh, wow. Okay. Your mom did. Yeah, my mom was living there for a freshman and sophomore year of college. I thought she was in Brooklyn. She just moved back right before the pandemic, September. Okay. True. Um, but to go back to the question of the families. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my family, my Uncle Richie, like that family, the Laurents, are very close to a lot of the humanities. Like my mom and like a lot of like everyone I know is like attached to the family. Really? Like both sides? Yeah. Yeah. Like my grandfather. So my, my Wow. My my grandparents love Uncle Richie and like his parents' children. We all just love so each Uncle other. Uncle Richie is your father figure. Is that like, is your mom with him now? No, that's my aunt's husband. Okay, it's your aunt's husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, but because you lived with your aunt, so your sisters are your aunt's kids. Yes, okay. I know it sounds like a crazy family. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I, ha- I have the the dynamic straight. Okay. That's yeah. so special then. So do you, so there are all your sisters, none of them are your actual blood. Sisters. We're not blood at all. We're cousins, okay. but we always have this conversation where like, I'm a Laurent, just not the blood. I am like Haitian by association. It's uncle Richie, my aunt, my mom is her sister. They had two children. My mom had me, my dad had my brother. Okay. So my brother is like, from my dad, not from my mom. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Big family. Yeah. Big family. Love it. Uh, but I was raised as an only kid for a while. So it's weird. Cause I have like a very big, like family, but also have like, I think I have a few, I definitely have a few tendency of like an only child, but like, hopefully all the good ones. Like, <laughs> what do you think you have uh, that are tendencies of only children? I think when you're alone for so long as a kid, as an only kid, you, the only habit is to become weird. I had, there was one day I got so bored, I realized all of the weird, obscure talents I have. Like I can clap with one hand. Again, I know a lot of, like just those type of things. Like I talk to myself when I'm alone, but I also, one of the negative ones I internalize. And that's the only, I feel like bad one that I got. Like I definitely like process things alone. I know how to be alone like really well. <laughs> yeah. Did you, is that how you like process things when you were growing up or would you go to your mom? Yeah. I think that I didn't go to my mom as much. I think that I was, again, I never really allowed myself. I didn't have a lot of emotions. My mom was more emotional and I always appreciated how she felt, but I think that psychologically, I like, again, like analyzing myself when I was younger, I was like, okay, smile. Like it's not that big of a deal. If it doesn't hurt, I believe pain is temporary. So I thought this applied emotional pain, I guess, for a while. <laughs> That's what I told myself when I got my first tattoo. And it actually kind of worked. Yeah, you just got to keep it pushing. I feel like that's the hardest part about tattooing right now. It's like, it is painful and causing people to have pain bothers me low key, like at the core. I really did. Like, I, I just kind of, I meditated through it and just said that to myself. Like, I don't know. I really didn't think it was that bad. It was on my rib cage. It depends on the person. It really just depends on the person. Well, I was shocked. I mean, I guess I have a little bit of a high pain tolerance, but nothing crazy. I'm like, maybe I should like establish boundaries. Say no. <laughs> yeah, or like say, say no. no. Yeah. 
you know how when you're supposed to have that one conversation what's like this is the one conversation i hope that you give me a piece of a little insight to my i've i've been realizing a lot of these like again the one interaction sometimes you hear the right thing but say no i I was similar a lot i in my family i'm the nice one i always listen i like i will always say my mind i always like i'll put my i have low-key have a little bit of a tood i know it I notice it, but yeah. in a good way. If you're nice, you kind of like, you can't let people step on you. I gotta like check you. <laughs> yeah. You think that's, um, for me though, I don't know. For me, I think it's a largely female thing. And I think that's one of the reasons that again, like I'm trying to get better about that because mm-hmm. if I, like, I mean, my job is again, men on men on men. No. I need, I need to be say able to no. say no. Otherwise I'm gonna get Literally just say no. Like yeah. see how straight my face got, just say no. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier. And, and I know it's hard. No, it's hard to know. You what's, what's hard is for me, it's not, if I felt like it was truly right to say no to something, mm-hmm. that's not hard for me. It's just miscellaneous. That's where it's hard. Yeah, it's, the, it's like when things add up and it's like a little thing where it's like, well, I, I can't, I don't have, to, I don't have to say no. Like, am I a better person if I say yes? You know what I mean? It's, it's in that. No, that the yeah. answer is always no. There's <laughs> you being a good person is the intention that you live in. Yeah. yeah as simple as that and when i realized that because i think i did the same thing for a long time and it's just like leave it be like what's the intention choose- like what do you how do you do that every day my motto is wake up and be the best person you can that day so if you even fall short today you'll be a better person tomorrow and you'll definitely be the better person than you were yesterday yeah yeah. I like that. I, I, I think one thing that I think about a lot with that though, is sometimes I think when things get so busy, you don't even get a chance to be out there being remind a- yourself. No, I know. But sometimes you're just doing work or you're doing whatever you're doing and you know, you're not. And like- that's fine. Yeah. It's learning. How- the thing is living life and being a good person. You can't be a good person in an easy, in an easy time is easy. Mm-hmm. Being a good person when things get rough, that's that's what it means. If you always catch yourself reminding yourself too, I feel like it's a good person. So <laughs> cool. Um, but if I'm being hundred percent honest, I think that people play it off way too much that, oh, I have it all figured out. This is what I'm doing. Like da 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 you there's always a tale of like we're always supposed to have it all figured out but the truth is like no one knows what they're doing we're living life and sometimes you have to step on somebody to get somewhere you're going and that's not even a you it's a doggy dog world let's be honest like it's i've always i feel like the best way to compare it is like new york driving like yeah if you don't try to take that exit they will not let you go that's exactly what i was gonna say i think the biggest thing in my life is that i've tried to learn is where do you draw the line between standing up for yourself and being someone for others i guess because you're that you were talking about the forgiveness like how do you like the forgiveness of like still standing forgiveness up for yourself or just the day, you know like say you know you have something that's a big priority for you but i feel like these ha- these things happen all the time you know what i mean you could always either go and okay do for you or do something for someone else i got the answer okay yes ready Enlighten me um number one always ask like either wish someone a good day or like first of all, also wish yourself a good day before you start your day even if you feel crappy just like good luck today <laughs> you do that every morning um uh, i definitely wake up every morning and i'm like okay and i start off with an affirmation or i say like if i don't if i'm not feeling it it's like just get up and good luck um, are, are your affirmations just what comes to mind or are there affirmations you find yourself returning to i have like five and solid steady rotation 
Yeah. Okay. I'll like edit each day, but I definitely wake up and I'm like, okay, let's see which ones they're coming to me this morning. Cause my, my, I don't like talking in the morning. The mm. first hour, if I, if it was my choice, I would not say a word. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I just start I'm, talking after the first hour. Yeah. Um, but I would say that lives in like my after I have one, I was like one, I've been saying this one since high school. I'm whole happy and complete. Um, I'm ready to face everything on my plate today and with remove things with ease. That's when I'm usually feeling really overwhelmed. Um, but I usually don't wake this the first thing in the morning, but I usually start, the one I consistently start with is um, I, I accept all that the universe has for me and it removes things that don't belong with ease. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll just be like gods of light and love, just guide me through the day to day. Again, and sometimes I'm like, good morning and like, this is a bad, um, I'm, I'm gonna say the filter version. One time this morning, one time I was sleeping over a friend house, friend's house in the morning and I woke up and I was just like, I hate it here. And that was the first <laughs> thing I said in the morning. So there are mornings where you're not like, you don't wanna do anything, but um, yeah. I think I try to wake up and be nice to myself every day. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I mean, but the five. you notice the difference when you uh, incorporate those the affirmations, like do you feel that throughout your day? At this point, it's for my mental health. Like We've been talking for a while, so let's get to like, how did you end up choosing DC? You know, you've moved around everywhere. Why did you end up going to DC? Why did you end up going to Boston? I applied to three schools. BC was the one I got into. And they also gave me a great, like literally a great package deal. So I was just like, well, here I go. Yeah, that's awesome. So had you toured, were you, like why, why did you even apply to it though? Like, you know, if you applied to three schools, why was BC- My mom them? came here. Okay. And she brought me here to see it. And I really was just like, you know, I like, I, I liked the people that I had met while I came to visit. So I was like, okay, like this would be a good place to just be. Um, and I applied to UCLA cause I was like, I want to go somewhere different. Um, I didn't really apply to Miami schools. I only applied to like very, like, I didn't, I don't think I've applied to Miami anywhere in Florida, if I'm being honest. And then NYU were the school. Hey, you were to. by this point, you were Miami for high school. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So you didn't want to be in Miami for, for college? No. Okay. So I wanted something there. I just knew I wanted to go somewhere else. I think, again, living somewhere for so long, kind of was like, I want to go somewhere else now. Like, I was itching That's to move. just like in your blood at this point. <laughs> yeah. That. So I just needed to go somewhere else. Um, but I'm glad I chose it. We were actually talking about that with my, fr my friends before, like this call. I was, that was oh, really? we were talking about like, what, what, if, what if we didn't choose here? Like, where would you have guys gone? And I was like, I actually would have, this was my choice. Really? Okay, so that's, that was gonna be my next question is if you did it again, would you pick BC? Yeah. Okay. I learned, I grew, I met myself again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more than anyone could ask for in college. I think I introduced myself to like a child side of me and also like an adult side of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if that makes any sense. Okay, yeah. I like because yeah. you grew up, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but also I think it seems like, especially because of your major, you've done a lot of revisiting to. Yeah. To your child. Because like, I know you're not supposed to do it to your family or anyone around you, but I definitely like, like whatever I've learned in psych, I definitely like this will help my family. Are you not or supposed like, to? I don't I'm know the rules of psych. I I have a bio major, but I don't have a psych major, so we don't. We no, don't it's like you can, but you shouldn't. Okay. You just shouldn't. I feel like it's kind of like, I definitely understand a lot more. 
I'm definitely the most understanding in my family because it's literally I can like understand where people are coming from mm-hmm. and like I like like I not like assessing like past but like it's very easy to like and also like I I by just by person I can honestly pick good tendencies like if you set me up for a bet on people I've been I've been told to be like a fortune teller okay and I think it's just because like, I'm logical you mean like predicting people's character or their actions I'm just good at like I don't want to say I need, I need that, more like, that, I that think, my life from you I'm not I'm horrible at that I'm um, I, I like everybody not like, not that that's the worst thing but I think I, I definitely trust people way too much I give everyone a chance until they prove themselves wrong I think that that tendency that I have because I have good really good intuition I think that's always put it thank you for the good intuition by the way because I whenever I speak about it I get weird that it's gonna, it's gonna be like one day it's like you get a little too cocky like okay. um, but with the intuition I think I I since like I don't always like not always knew it all but I always had a feeling about it all I would act accordingly and like sometimes I needed to be humbled okay. and I think that like that's even why I, I did the thing before because knowing so much I don't think I allowed myself to like commit to somebody mm-hmm. like you said like you can just trust I can I can give you a chance I can open up my heart to you but like commit is like a big so how are you I'm curious because again this is this is me like with my experiences but one thing I've struggled with is is because I agree like it's not it's not a bad thing to let people in to start I'm really bad at forgiving again and again and knowing when to because I think at the end of the day I believe all people are have good in them have good in them so I have a really hard time being like oh I really should let this person go or take distance from them even if I know that someone's really not been a great person or a great friend and you know the weirdest part is that before you even said that I could tell you were that type of person really (laughs) why is that the type of person if if, this sounds really like I don't I hope that you don't take this in any way bad I something these people are always my favorite people but I I hate the way the world treats you guys sometimes definitely people abuse that nicest a lot Um, I just you're the type of person you can ask for little favors for a lot yeah whereas in this we're in the same room we're living together I asked you to give me a cup, cup of water what are you saying? Yes, obviously. I get it. <laughs> Literally, that's so funny that you said that. I would just say, like, sometimes I feel like I have, like, functioning. Yeah, like, high-functioning. High-functioning depression. Yeah. Um, Is it so- there's definitely been times where I was, like, out of it. Recently, I feel like I definitely have having the tendencies of when I'm having, like, a, like not, like, an episode, but, like, a period of time. Really? But yeah. I think I've been doing, I've been trying to get it. I don't, I'm trying not to let it consume me this time. Okay. I'm, there's a lot of effort trying to not I think this is the first time where I could go a year without going through like a chunk like a chunk that was like just in- inhibiting sleep. Really bad. yeah yes um I think those affirmations were a way for me to I feel like I had depression when I was like younger and when I got older I realized and I was just like we're not we're not living life like this yeah absolutely um but so yeah, wake up every day, wish somebody a good day. Um, and I, I've honestly, specifically, the people who do like the little things for you. If you buy coffee in the morning, how's your morning been? I hope you have a great day with a smile on your face just once. Oh, I think that um, makes such a difference. Like genuine stopping to pause and kind of like you were saying of, um, of your cousin that she makes people feel seen. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. a really important thing. Um, 
It's just making even strangers feel seen. Exactly. Number two, I think it's knowing what feeds you and what you are feeding. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, with that series, series listening again, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but with being seen and also seeing people, a lot of people will see the good, again, like you're so willing to help. People will see that. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful trait you have. And I'm sorry, because again, like the psych of me is like, I definitely know people have abused that in the past. Oh yeah. And like, that's the hardest part of like, actually when you've been hurt is like knowing and letting who to love again. But I don't think that like, you don't have to change any part of who you are because in every dynamic in your life, you're the person you are supposed to be. If you are at least being honest with yourself and those around you, you will know by the way they respect and respond to your boundaries. You will know by like the way, if you put yourself out there and like, don't test anybody, but like, if you put yourself out there and also I'm like, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like notice like if they're going to be there for you too. Again, like notice who you are feeding and notice who is like, who's feeding you. Yeah, that it's funny that we're having this conversation because that's definitely a lesson that has been very big for me in the past year or so. I'm telling you. Life is crazy. Learning things is, it's nice. That's the best part. Uh, Honestly, yeah. Okay. Let's see. So, so school, you come to BC, you love, you would do it again. Um, why did you decide to, I mean, I feel like we've seen a little bit why you decided to study psych, but um, what made you do that? I think it was moving around so much and seeing so many environments that made me want to yeah. study psych so much okay um I think that my family always saw like I would always they always said I would have been like a good therapist a good counselor is that what you um, want even when I, no I don't think so I don't honestly okay. I don't really know my end goal is to be a professor okay that's my cool. end goal so what's your what's I'll get your, there um you're doing your master's now right yes I am so you graduated early I'm guessing no I'm in the fifth year so I graduate this year and then next year I graduate my master's Oh, so you haven't started it. You, you, I've taken to one class to take two classes next semester. Okay. And then you're done. Yep. And then the next year I'll be done with my master's. Okay. That's so 2022. Cool. I graduate my master's. So is your master's in psych as well? Global perspectives. Okay. What does global perspectives entail? Basically it's learning. It's understanding and how to diversify environments for people like educationally and also like experience wise um it's learning to understand how like each interpersonal relationship plays a factor in the environment that you're in so it's very much kind of like it's more education i would say but i I, a lot of my psych i feel like comes up in it okay is it what school is it in lynch Oh, so it's okay. So that's why it's largely education. So what made you decide to do, to do your master's? I was in that phase again of like, I need to figure out my life and the vulnerability concept and topic. I just put a reevaluation on like everything I knew. And I think that I didn't know what my future entails. And I always knew I wanted to do research and like assessment for learning styles. Um, And this just kind of like they too, everything the program had to offer me worked well with what I wanted to research. Okay. So that's 
basically how I played out. Like my research is measurements and learning and measurements and assessments of learning styles. Okay. How did you get involved yeah. with that? Is that an existing lab at BC or is that independent? No, I did do a lab at BC though. I did metacognitions and motivation. Okay. Um, and then, but in high school and growing up, I, I still have yet to get my like learning style tested, but I definitely like, I think I have a slow process thing. And like when I started analyzing over the years, I think I'm slow to process. I think that, I don't know if it's dyslexia, but I would, again, I'm not a specialist. So I would not, I don't believe in self-diagnosis, but um, in the third grade, I I went to, I moved, again, moving around a lot, school, different schools, education levels. I also had a hard time. I was slow to like learn things. So I was moving from second to third, from third grade education was a big jump um and long story short my teacher wanted to put me in like special ed classes um and I honestly didn't need to be in sped ed again like I made it to like I think out of spite low-key which is really bad I like never got like the additional testing or like anything like that growing up but I definitely would have benefited from it okay um but yeah, so I ended up doing remedial classes and um, my regular classes at the same time. But seeing like her ability to like not make that big of a jump, but make a big that big of a jump based off like the way I learned, I was like, how many kids kids get lost to the system like this? And did so you then did I you just feel like like being placed in? So wait, you're doing both classes at the same time? Is that correct? Yeah. So then I I basically opted out of like forgot what period it was because I think if everyone was like outside everyone was playing there was like we had like an elective period I think I, I lost my elective period so you didn't get to play I honestly think I have childhood amnesia, amnesia so I can't remember but I think that I, I was opted out of my elective period okay so do you feel like you benefited at all or was it just definitely oh you did? okay my so reading was not good okay. I think if I had been put in special sped ed I would have been greatly hurt yeah. I would have like just because like I don't know again education wise I was already behind because when I made the jump from first to second grade kids were learning how to write like full words where I was from and then people were writing like sentences basically here yes yeah, so I didn't that was, that was completely different system I was already behind yeah um and that was second grade so then playing catch up and then third grade you already make again that's when standardized testing starts mm-hmm. that's so great. when standardized that testing standardized, is that when they start like state tests yep third grade wow that's crazy i have a distinct memory of of doing mcas which is mass test in okay grade but i can't remember third grade never thought about this i haven't thought about this stuff in a long time i haven't either I'm again like, i've always you remember all this <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so with that big jump it kind of just like if i had been put in sped ed i would have been behind for the rest of my educational experience, but because of the remedial classes on top of my regular classes, I was able to like, I was able to get to the point where like, I was always in the best like STEM class. Um, and even like sometimes like history classes, anything that wasn't like primarily English based, I was always in those higher end classes for studying wise. Um, but yeah, foundation of education makes a difference. And if your teachers are not learning to the way you learn, you will not learn anything. And that's what got me to studying. Wait, so I know you said you haven't done an assessment of the way you learn, um, but what else do you know? Like, I know you said you feel like you process things 
slower. Oh, for myself? Yeah, but what, what other- do I analyze? Oh, you're asking how does my psych play out in my real life? In terms of how you learn. Okay, so from me understanding, I process things like slowly. Like I will, if you sit me in front of somewhere, I would definitely, like I can analyze it all. But I think that me being so logical, I typically have to analyze like the whole aspect of it before I can like really talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I've always compared my brain to like a computer for certain parts of like living, especially with memorization. I feel like it keeps everything that's important and disregards anything that's not um, like I feel like most people do, but it's literally like a filtered system at this point. And wow. then it sorts through like the importance and over time I can analyze things better. I think that like personally with my reading, um, I've always, that's exactly why I don't think I do well with reading comprehension because I can't t tell you what exactly what I just read because I need like literally four minutes to process yeah, it. About it. Yeah. Um, but I also think I can't, this is the reason why I think I have dyslexia. I writing down numbers and rereading numbers has always been a problem. So something, there's a processing error. I don't know what it is and I don't want to say it's dyslexia or something, but there's a processing Mm -hmm. era it happens with reading too a lot of that's I hate reading out loud because sometimes I'll read something that's not there or a disfigured yeah. sentence so um, is that something that at this point doesn't influence you as much anymore or is it something that you think you'll do testing for I kind of want to do because I feel like how can I test other people if I don't know my own yeah you know yeah, that's true yeah um I'm excited to help people understand theirs I think that it's like it's weird because I don't know what I want to do with my future, but I know that this is a part of my future. Okay. Helping people understand how they learn. Yes. Okay. I feel like you can study better. Teachers can teach you better. Just when did you learn to study? Like really think about it. How old were you when you really feel like you understood how you studied? Oh gosh, I still don't know if I do. Exactly. And I feel like having this will help a little more. How I study best. I think I've learned I've learned how to adapt to the system that I'm studying for, if that makes sense. Um, Got it. Like biology, it's like I figured I I had a I I did really well with bio coming in at BC because it was very similar to my high school and that it was just like just memorize and understand the concepts like extract the key points like I, I don't know that's vague but I, I just knew like don't even think about it too much just yeah what the teachers are emphasizing like you know look at the bullets just memorize every bullet you know so with bio that's, that's what, what they do for standardized testing no that's what I'm, I've always been a good standardized tester and not that I've like you know loved it but it has that's how they teach you the study though that's how they teach you to like learn that's what I mean so I think like also like bio BC like I just that's my high school was all like very like te like teach the test exactly like they're prepping you like for standardized tests so I like I'm definitely good at that but when I think about like is that actually the best way that I learn I know that's not the way that's most enjoyable like when I think about what I actually enjoy more like like I don't feel like I I have as much joy <laughs> in that type of learning versus I love like classes I love like my business ethics class portico mm -hmm. First thing you take when you're in CSOM. Um, mm -hmm. I loved that because it, you, we brought up cases and you would read a textbook that, but then you would discuss and debate, you know, the ethics of a situation. Yeah. And that's when I'm like genuinely- A real world application. Application you, and discussion, I would say, is what I really enjoy. So you're more auditory and kinesthetic style learning. Maybe, 
Maybe. I don't know though, because when I'm at, when I'm trying to memorize, I read. I read it over and over. Like I just read the bullets. So that's because standardized testing. That's remove any form of assessment for yeah. the way you actually long-term learn. Yeah. And in your classrooms, do you remember like testing and key bullet points like dates and like specific key things like that? Or Some do you more remember general? Yeah, general overarching. Yeah, I remember insights and broad concepts and takeaways best. I'd definitely say if you try to maybe change it, you'd probably benefit from like a kinesthetic, like auditory type. How do you do kinesthetic though? Like I've always wondered that. How do you actually learn kinesthetically? I feel like, again, it's like a lot of hands-on. So like, again, like you doing, I think also like even doing research, I feel like that's more kinesthetic learning because you're literally actively seeking, but it's in itself too. It's more of like it being like right in front of you and being able to like, again, in bio, I don't, I don't know what you guys do in lab, but like doing lab work is literally kinesthetic learning. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, it's harder to apply it in the real world because a lot of classrooms don't do it, but a prime example is in the third grade when they teach you multiplication and you have those blocks, that's mm-hmm. kinesthetic learning. And you, yeah, that, I think that's why it's harder to think of like examples like, in a college classroom where you would because they don't really especially in COVID now yeah <laughs> yeah definitely That's not having it for but they I think before exactly what now. like discussion is a little bit um I don't know I guess it's more auditory but I guess that's what I like about it is that it feels more live like debating something I think that that's the thing too you have to like to the basis of your foundation especially if you say you read a lot that might, you, again, you are somewhat a visual learner because you have to read your material before you go into those said discussions. But I wonder if you were to benefit from like being given, this is like a weird idea, but like an AI even to just like discuss topics and like if you would benefit from that style of learning more. Yeah, maybe, honestly. This I, is I, all crazy I, thoughts. Again, like learning has been yeah no it's a really cool thing to be studying do you think a lot of people um are kind of a mix of a bunch of things or yeah yeah okay so you don't have to i think i think everything in life is basically a spectrum or a scale um i would definitely say you're not too much that's that's a really good point very few things are um i think the same thing happens with learning um and I said, I think that people just understanding what dominant learning style they have, it's gonna just help them in the long run. Even like, again, just understanding like the audience you're catering to and like how they interpret information is important, so. Definitely. If you could say anything to like BC community at large, um, what thing would you say? I think I just wanna speak a little bit to the experience first before I say like yeah. one thing. Um, Thank you to everyone who helped me through. I'm literally the people from BC. I think I had never, again, moving around so much, I never like had consistent, like I wanted to hold on to people with grips, like being like, oh, like like you're a good human. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm grateful for like the ability to like also commit to a friendship and things like that. I definitely think I'm always there for people, but it taught me a lot. I'm grateful for the life lessons and like the education BC's given me, but to sum up one thing that I hope everyone, don't be afraid to connect and like, but like, but when you connect, like listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I gotta say that just reminds me again of your cousin at the 
make people feel seen. Very much so. I think, I think that's the thing with also like again, analyzing psychology, that everything comes back to the simplest thing, parts of you, mm -hmm. simple relationships in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you ready for the second question? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Final one is, um, what do you want your legacy to be? Damn. That's a, that's a good one. I was actually having this conversation with my compass mentees the other day. Okay. Of like, when you make a difficult decision, that's one of the factors you look into. Like, what do you want your legacy? What do you want them to say about you when you're not here? Um, I think that there's, can I say one for the soul, for like this physical body and for like my mental yeah. or in this consciousness? Because I know that's like, it could be yeah. the three same things, but like, I think that's like the three levels for me. You're good. Take it in um, any direction you want. For like the physical body and those around me, I always took care of those around me and like, going back to like the, the feeding example, I always use like the gardening, those type of examples. Um, but I hope that like, not only I got to eat from my garden, but plenty others did too. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope I nourished, like, I hope that's the, I hope everyone around me always like, they felt good after an interaction. Um, I think to like, I guess like the consciousness of like the people around me, my family um, I hope that they saw love in me in every interaction. Um, but to like my bigger part of my legacy that lives like beyond like lifetimes, like this goes into everything I do. Yeah. Um, I like to think we live in an energy fruit web. Okay. So basically the idea that like whether I nourish the ground I'm in, but like that energy will translate and feed something else. And I think that again goes to like everything. It's food you eat to like the energy you give people. So I just think that like, but I would say that my legacy in like the biggest terms, like don't let fear stop you. Dream bigger than you can imagine and just take the leap. And I feel like everyone, I hope everyone around me lives by that motto because of the way that I lived. Beautiful. Very well said. Thank you very much. Legacy is a big question. Oh, I know it's a huge question. And and it's funny because like, I love asking people that question because I think about it a lot. That's interesting. I, the I the reason for legacies is the reason why I work so hard because I want to honor my grandfather's last name. Yeah, it sounds like- It's crazy. crazy. Before we finish, you had to give a little- <laughs> You got a little, you've alluded to your grandfather a lot. I mean, the first, the, one of the first things you said was you are who you are because of him. Um, I would say my grandfather taught me what it means to be for family, for others, for the community, and to be able to give more than what you believe is of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that like, again, your hard work does not go unrecognized that you like, you will plant the seeds for us so other people can eat. Again, back to that gardening phrase. Um, he I love those metaphors <laughs> thanks um I honestly when I was learning about emotions in life I always was able to put it in a poem and like in a metaphor before I could put it into actual words about how I felt about like literally just saying happy sad mad or glad 
Yeah, it feels more tangible, I think. Exactly, but my grandfather, um, he had a third grade education, was brought water to like several, um, I would, I don't know if you would consider us indigenous communities, but very countryside communities, like huh. dirt roads, DR. Um, but definitely, again, your greatest isn't even imaginable. So try to go past it, always push yourself. Um, yeah, he came to America, third grade education, barely knew English, ended up opening up his own bodega, several bodegas, um, buying his own property, um, very much created a future for all of us, so. Is that why yeah. you came? Um, I, yeah. He, the thing is like he was kind of I feel like he was very comfortable like his family had farms in DR so like very comfortable like they but That's I think he I, wanted to... I, I met I... randomly from the Dominican Republic like at a sandwich shop um in Back Bay like a month ago and mm -hmm. we had a conversation he was talking about how he came here um so his kids could have the choice of which mm -hmm. life they wanted but as soon as he he was like I, I you know I'm setting them up I'm putting them through high school, giving them the option for college. And then I'm going right back to the Dominican Republic. That's exactly what my grandfather did. Is that what he did? Yeah. Better, it's give you a better opportunity so you have the choice, but back I go. Yeah. And they, my grandparents still live there. They want to be buried there. Yeah, wow. So do you feel like that is still, like how, how did so you weren't born in the Dominican Republic, right? No, I was born in New York. Okay. So do you feel like when you go to the Dominican Republic, does it feel like you are Dominican? Honestly, it depends on how much I've been practicing my Spanish. Okay, yeah. Um, I think that when I have, like I, I've had my accent, I've lost my accent, I've had my accent, I've lost my accent. Um, I very, all my family's there. So I very much feel Dominican. I, if I feel any part of my identity, I feel, I felt my Dominican identity for most of my life. That's the okay. only one, it's the only identity I've always resonated with was being okay. Dominican. Yeah, everything was um, so changing, but that was a constant. Yeah, cause even with my dad, like, yeah, he's African-American, but my uncle is Haitian and I feel more black in a Haitian sense than a black, like African-American. But I do feel like, again, a lot, I, I was, I did see my family, so like, I don't know, soul food is definitely part of my heart and like other things like that. But um, I definitely think of when I think of like, I don't know, like they're both like in a lot of cases like black identities, but like black African-American and black Haitian-American is very different. And when I think of like my black identity, I think more of um, my uncle and like, again, like peak Lee's and like, I think of like compa and I think of like, I don't think of like, hip-hop all the time like my mom showed me hip-hop and whatnot but I definitely think more I just think I don't know either way long story short but out of all my identities all the ways that I've lived and places I've lived being Dominican arroz and habichuelas has always been there and like with cassave platanos mango like things like that have always been there yeah. so yeah that's special but um, I think that it's, you get treated differently if you if you don't speak like a Dominican. So I think that like when I lose my accent. So language seems to be like a really big part of it then? How yeah, cause I even got into an Uber the other day and I was like, oh, um, I started speaking Spanish. 
and he was like, I would have never thought you were Dominican. You kind of speak like a gringa. And I was like, <laughs> you did not tell me that. Um, and I think again, I've been, I just told, I was speaking eloquently. Like he, he knew I understood him. I was talking to him, but I was, I basically said, I was just like, yeah, I haven't been practicing in a long time. And like, not going to lie, especially being here. Yeah. Um, I don't practice as often and I, I have to hold myself accountable better, but I haven't reached out to my grandmother because I think I've been challenging my idea of faith. So I don't really know what to talk to her about right now. Now that I don't know, but um, I've re realized a lot about faith and hope, the difference between it and hope and like having those conversations is like, I still don't know how to tangibly identify it in like myself. So I'm kind of nervous to like, she sees through all of me. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so the conversation nervous. with her she's gonna know yeah and, and ask the real questions yeah sounds like but, you have a lot of special people in your life very grateful it took a community to raise a child and i definitely have to say that it applies to me 